This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are continuing on from last week's subject about leading, and also he's gone back to that old horse, think more, count more. Well, you've you got to think, you've got to count. But people are asking me, what is it you're counting? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, you count the cracks in the roof? <laughs> How many people wear hats? All of that stuff. Haven't you got masks on? Yeah, true. Actually, I haven't really seen very many people wearing masks around. Did you have your glasses on? Yeah, I did. did. (laughs) Guess what? The diet, almost over. Didn't last long. (laughs) Oh, what a stressful life I lead. Well, you didn't drink the whole bottle. It was only two glasses. That was good. So I did say I was going to cut my medicine down from two glasses down to one. And I had a pretty rough day one day last week. So I texted Barry and I said to him, it's a change of plan. Instead of drinking two bottles, I'm only going to drink one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, diet's out the window. That's all right. I have lost weight. Well, that's good. Cut some of my hair off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk. Oh, about leads. I quite like what we talked about last week. So there's two things with leads I've got questions on. One is leading unsupported aces. When yep. would you do that? Mm-hmm. One of the few occasions where you might lead an unsupported ace, and it doesn't come with any guarantees, is if you've bid and agreed a suit with partner. So, you know, if you, one of you's opened one spade and the other one's bid two spades and then they've outbid you, which opponents are sometimes no doing. Yeah. So no, anyway, so you're on lead and you've got a really awkward hand to lead from. Well, if you are going to lead your suit and you have the ace of it, you need to lead the ace. This is against the suit I'm talking about. Against no trumps, it's different. You can lead a low one there if it's probably mm. better, you know. But um, against a suit, if you're going to lead that suit, you need to lead the ace. Bear in mind, the opponents might only have one. If you underlead it, you might never get it. True. So you do lead the ace. But it might still work out badly for you if it sets up the king and dummy or something or whatever. So you try not to lead unsupported aces. So an unsupported ace is one where you don't have the king. So if you've got ace-king, that's great. God gave you the ace and king, so you didn't have a lead problem, somebody told me once. <laughs> so if you've got ace-king, you lead the ace. You can have a look at dummy, decide whether you're going to carry on with the king. If not, what you're going to switch to, get a signal from partner, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's... That's all, you know, absolutely honky-dory. Yep. All right. <laughs> but if you are leading an unsupported ace, in general, not a great idea. I see a lot of our beginners do it. They get on lead. They lead the race. If that wins, they lead another race. You know what they've done? Usually for those aces, declare a played like the two or the three or something, and you've just set up their kings and queens for them. Yep. Usually not a good idea to lead unsupported aces. But like everything, occasionally it'll be right. The golden rule is the there one? are no golden rules. True. <laughs> what about the other one? Oh, so what do you lead when you've got a long suit with no honour in it? Mm. So if you've got a suit with five to the nine or something, you, you, you're headed by a nine, what do you lead? I believe that in general you're right just to lead your normal count card. So if you lead fourths, you lead the fourth one. It doesn't promise an honour. 
It doesn't promise I'm going to buy you a drink afterwards. It doesn't say I'll give you a ride home. It just says I've got, I've got four, four or more seat. of this seat, and this is the fourth one. If you're leading thirds and fifths, you lead the third or the fifth, depending on how many cards you got in the seat. Same thing. It doesn't necessarily promise an honour. The only time leading a low card does promise an honour is if you're playing a thing called attitude leads, where it isn't a count card, it isn't a fourth, it isn't a third or a fifth. It just says, this is my long suit, and I've got an honour in it. Or two. So, or two. I don't think that's the optimum system, although it's okay. It's not terrible, but I think you're better off to lead a third or a fifth or a fourth, whatever your agreement is there. But don't worry about whether you've got an honour in it or not. You'd be surprised. It doesn't actually seem to make that much difference on a lot of occasions. And that ends the sermon on leads. <laughs> I hope that helps someone out there. <laughs> Anyway, well, there's a few people that sort of think that as soon as you lead a low card, it promises an honour. Yep. Where on earth did it say that? It just said I've got four of them. I bet you will get some responses about that one. Well, I hope so. Oh, hey, I've had contact about situations vacant. You didn't tell me about this. This is happening live on air, folks. She never told me. She's been keeping this a secret. Yeah, I have. I was giving up hope. <laughs> No, I have. I've had a little chat with somebody and I'll tell you more about that next week. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds very exciting. Okay, is this person like, you know, they got a lot of friends like Lady Gaga or something? It's not Lady Gaga, is it? No, it's not. No, this person, I can't really picture wearing an outfit made of meat (laughs) or high heels with long eyelashes. (laughs) <laughs> That's Madonna, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm doing some investigation, so oh. I will let you know. But guess what? If you still think that you might like to join the zoners and become a crazy, still give us a call. So it's really nice to have number one. When she says give us a call, I think she means send us an email to bridgezoneshow at gmail.com. What about that hotline, though? Well, you can text 027? us if you want to. seven. Yep. Triple four seven one two seven. Good girl, you've got it. Oh, I got that. She's I just can't get the email. So after two years, she still hasn't got the email, but she's got the <laughs> text number. <laughs> okay, what's next on our little list? Well, you know how I always go on about counting. Yeah. And thinking. Yep. And thinking mm. and counting. Yep. Somebody asked me what it is you count. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, a good question actually <laughs> that is a good question so it's, there's hmm. there's a few things you count but usually it's a suit now it is hard when you're starting off and if you're not used to doing this to count all four suits but when you're particularly when you're declarer but also when you're defending but when you're declarer you should be counting first of all the trump suit yep guess how many trumps there are out mariana yep it's a number between 11 and 13 <laughs> Oh, 11 yes. and 14. It's a number between 12 and 14. <laughs> so it's 13. So you should be able to count the number of trumps. Right. So you should keep a track of those. And it's not always right to draw them straight away, but it is right to keep a track of how many of them there are out and how many of them there are still out after you've had a round or two. If you can't count any other suits, start with the trump suit. Once you've mastered the ability to count to 13 in the trump suit, does that sound sarcastic? No. Okay. You're doing good. <laughs> then you should then concentrate on, in a lot of cases, you'll have a side suit that you're going to set up. Yep. Or you're going to try and set up. So you should count on that suit, see how many. And once again, 
It's a number between 12 and 14, Mariana. <laughs> and the old saying is that if you can count to 13, you can be a good bridge player. It's as simple as that. Wow. As simple as falling off a log, Mariana. Hey, you know what? What's that? I've just counted the years I've, st- I've been playing bridge. 13? 10. 10? 10. Can you remember all of them? No. Anyway, yep, counting. So we've learned how to count our trump cards. We've learned how to do our long suit that we're going to make our use off of. Our off suit. Yep. yep. So you want to make sure the opponents have got none of those left because it's blimmin' annoying when you yep. think, oh, yeah, 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 those clubs, they're all winners. And then, hang on a minute. Yep. What's that person doing with a club bigger than mine? Mm. There's one other thing, and that's when you're defending. And you should do this every time when you're defending. What's that? Well, you often will have a pretty good idea of how many points the has got. You can certainly have a guess. They've opened the bidding and they've made a minimum rebid, so you know they've probably got somewhere between 12 to 15 points. Mm. And then you look at the dummy and you'll count, say, eight points. Yep. So just go with, like, the minimum number that declare mm-hmm. has shown, say 12 points. If they've opened a no trump, it's easy. You know, if they've opened yep. a no trump, it's 12 to 14, it's 12. You look at the dummy, there's eight, that's 20, and you look at your hand and you've got seven points. How many points has partner got? <laughs> I'm not listening to you. I can tell. <laughs> say that again. If Come you on. know the declare has got 12 to 14 points, she won't, you know. She never listens to me, folks. Come on. She'd be a much better person if she always listened to me. <laughs> so anyway, declare is open, 12 to 14, and the dummy goes down. It goes, one to Trump, pass, pass, pass. You lead, the dummy goes down with eight points. Right, 20. That's 20, and you've got seven. Ah, woohoo, 27. So how many's partner got? 13. So partner's got 13 points. Yep. Well, they might only have 11 if declare has got 12. So you know partner's got 11 got to 13 points. So that's something you should do on every hand. Do a rough calculation of how many points partner's got. And there's one other thing you need to do. Remember it. It's no use figuring that out at trick one and then getting halfway through and thinking, I wonder if partner's got the king of clubs or not. Because I tell you what, if you actually do start counting this, it will actually slow your game down a little bit, by the way, because you will have to work all this out each time, but it, you'll get, get quicker picture. at it. Absolutely. You'll get so later on in the hand, you'll think, ah, partner must have the king of spades because they need that to make up their points. Yep. So you can confidently play partner for certain cards. You'll find your defense will improve a lot if you start counting the points in dummy, add them to your points, add them to your rough estimate of what declarer's got, and find out that partner's got 7 to 10 points or 11 to 13 or 2 to 4 or yep. well, it's no use partner playing partner for the ace of hearts if you know they've only got 2 points max <laughs> but some do oh I thought you had that partner why on earth would you think that <laughs> <laughs> anyway that sounds good so counting is good stuff hey where's Judge Julie Judge Julie is in session at the moment Here's Patrick. Good morning, Bailiff. We've got a couple of questions for you. This one is about defenders conceding the remaining tricks in a hand. So in one example, the defender put his remaining three cards on the table and conceded the last three tricks while his partner still held a trump. The other situation, one declarer said, you know, you can have the last two tricks and his partner was on lead with a cashing ace. What happens there, Patrick? Defenders as well as declarers can claim and a concession is really a claim of no tricks. So concessions can also be if you've got three tricks left and you say, I'm conceding two and winning one. Claims and concessions are sort of the same thing. When a defender either claims or concedes, 
their partner can immediately object and then play continues. Now, sometimes when, when that happens, the defender puts their cards on the table when they claimed, you know, as you want to do when, when you're showing declarer how many tricks you've got or the fact that you, you're not going to take any tricks because you're conceding, then there's a problem with those cards being on the table. But the laws say that those cards on the table aren't treated as major penalty cards as almost all other situations of offenders' mm. cards exposed on the table are because they're not major penalty cards. The declarer doesn't get options about saying, oh, I, I demand the leader that suit or I forbid the leader that suit. They're just cards that can be seen. And the only problem is that their partner can't take advantage of, of having seen those cards. So if they've got something normal to do, then they can still do that, whether or not it's a good idea based on those other cards. So you can't do something because you've been helped out by seeing your partner's card. So that's the only tricky thing. But you know, if one defender tries to concede and the other one says, no, no, you know, we need to play on, then, mm. then you play on, even if those cards have been exposed. Okay, but the ruling is, though, that partner has to speak up and do it pretty quickly, presumably, if they dispute partner's concession. Well, it yeah. doesn't put, a, put an exact sure. time yeah. limit in the law. But, of course, the, the most important thing, of course, is calling the director will say right you've objected we'll play on and i'll i'll hang around just to make sure that there's no further problem what could go wrong <laughs> right. <laughs> right the next question patrick is just about the number of boards in your normal club session or even or we'll even move on to maybe tournaments how many boards need to be played there's two areas here that you've just addressed one being the club session and one being tournaments. I'm actually in a good position to talk about the club session because uh, the Auckland Club has just recently had a, an online poll of its members because we, we've been looking at changing start times, among other things, for various sessions like 7 o'clock in the evening or 7.30 um, or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the daytime. And another question on that poll was the number of boards because during a trial we had, we actually changed the start time and made some sessions only 24 boards. But the clearest thing on that poll was that the members definitely preferred to play 26 or 27 boards in a session rather than only 24. The rest of the poll about the start times was very unfortunate because in the evening it was an almost an exactly even split between 7 and 7.30 starters. <laughs> and in the daytime... But the people who wanted to start at 10 and the people who wanted to start at 11 was exactly the same number of people. Really? However, even though that was a very controversial result because it's almost virtually a tie, so it hasn't, sort of hasn't been resolved, the number of boards, pretty clear, was like three quarters of the people, I think, from memory, wanted to play more boards rather than less. So when I say 26 or 27, we play um, uh, three boards a table when there's no phantom. It's a long time to be at phantom when there's three boards. Yes. And I find that if you're playing three boards a table, the speed, because there's less moves, is quicker. So 27 boards at three boards a table really takes the same number of amount of time as two boards a table, 26 boards. That's the uh, club sessions. Now, so they all want to get their money's worth and play 26 or 27. I guess it depends on, on, on what you like. I'm not saying that nobody voted for 24. Yep. That was a clear vote that they wanted to do it. Now, the tournament session is a uh, different story in terms of the number of boards changed, I think, a couple of years ago or 18 months ago. Pre-COVID anyway, right? And the uh, 5A point tournaments came down from, from 60 to 48, once upon a time, there was even 72 for a 5A point tournament. But for a 5A point tournament, it's come down from 60 to 48. And for 
all the tournaments below that, 3A, 8B, 5B, 3B, the minimum number is now only 44. Now, I'm pleased to report, really, that I haven't seen a single one of those tournaments with the minimum number of boards. Okay. Um, I haven't seen anyone go as low as 44 boards for a 3A point tournament. And fortunately, you know, 5A point tournaments, I don't think anyone's gone down beyond that old limit of 60. And to me, I think those new minimums are way too low. And, and to show you why, I'd talk about the fact that a tournament, should, I mean, you don't run a tournament just so that the people in your club can win master points, do you? Tournaments are a celebration of bridge around the area or even from neighbouring areas. So our most common tournament being a 5A point tournament for that point of view. If I'm in Auckland, I'm going to travel to my neighbouring area of play a tournament. So let's say I travel to, to Matamata. That's 160 kilometres away. So that's a 320 kilometre round trip. Would you do that for 48 boards? Well, if it was 80 kilometres away, would you travel 80 kilometres there and 80 kilometres back again for 24 boards? <laughs> no, and you probably wouldn't. For a session of bridge, if your bridge club was was 80 kilometres away from you, would you think it was worth your while travelling that far to play a small number of boards? From my point of view, if a club was going to play that small number of boards and I travelled that distance, I probably wouldn't travel there again next year. I, mean, I think that's a great pity, great shame, because I think that if you're going to hold a tournament, you want to hold it over a decent number of boards because that's what people have come for, to play a day's bridge. I know the other way round, you don't want to have... Uh, a really long tournament and have people have to get up at the crack of dawn and, and creep, creep back into bed at midnight. I do recall playing uh, a long time ago a teams tournament in Whangarei where there was 10 teams entered and they said, oh, a good format would be 10 board matches with the complete round robin. So we drove to Whangarei, played 90 boards and drove home again. <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> And I can tell you that was a long day, right? Sort of, I think at least 60 boards to me feels like it's worth my going on a really long road trip. New Zealand Bridge probably hasn't entirely disagreed with you. Although they have that minimum number of boards, haven't they given a, a range, you know, with a, a suggested range? No, 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 yeah. it doesn't give a suggested range. Oh, it doesn't range. give a suggested range. Um, oh, okay. if, yeah. if you look on um, page E9 of, of the Master Points Regulation Manual, and I might point out that the minimum, if you play teams, is the same number, teams or spares, is the same number, except for some reason for the, uh, it's a 48 minimum instead of a 44 minimum on those 3A, 8B, 5B and 3B. Not that I've ever seen 3B teams event because juniors don't really get involved in too much teams except in no. the club. So I'm not sure why that, there's that difference. But there's no range. There's but no it range. doesn't give a range. I mean, there could be some other place in the manual that I'm, I'm missing them offering a range. I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never read E9 of the manual. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'll pull it out. I won't be sick. <laughs> That's great. That's food for thought. Thank you, Patrick. That's good. Hey, are you welcome? Yeah. Judge Julie is in session at the moment, so I'm not quite sure whether I'm taking over or not or whether she'll be back next week. Oh, I'm sure she'll be back. She'll want the reins of power. <laughs> <laughs> she'll want the gavel back. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Okay. That was okay. awesome. Right. Okay, bye now. See you. Bye. So next up, we've got more of Andrew Robson talking about teaching beginners and lessons at his bridge club that he formed. Great listening. Even though my teaching is based on a weak no trump and four-card major alcohol, 
I actually think that probably five card majors has a small edge. But if you're going to play five card majors, you do have to play a few gadgets. I mean, you do have to play things like support doubles, certainly negative doubles. You have to play a few things like that. Whereas if you're playing very, very simple style, there's a lot to be said for four card major Akol style, nice and freewheeling. So that's what I teach. I like to teach you open the bidding any suit, including one club. You've got to have four or more clubs. It's a tougher game to learn initially if certain bids are, are phony. In New Zealand, they, we teach pretty much that too, four card majors and, and Akol, you know, weak no trump. But but in Australia, of course, they, they tend to teach strong no trump and five card majors. So. They do, yeah. mostly, yes. I don't I know, Echo's still complicated, of course. It's not, it, it gets a bit harder further on, doesn't it? But, yeah. Is um, it? I don't know, really. I, Ian McLeod wrote a great book about Echo. Bridge is an easy game. It's very natural. And I have played quite a lot of bridge, rubber bridge, with friends of mine from the Portland Club, which is where bridge uh, essentially originated. And there are no conventions allowed at all at the Portland Club. So you can't play a Stamen or a Blackwood or anything like that. And all bids are quantitative. So, you know, you easily, you often get auctions that go something like one heart, one spade, two hearts, five hearts. You often get bids like that, quantitative bids. Five hearts meaning I'm better than four hearts, I'm not quite good enough for six hearts, do you have something extra? And that teaches you a lot about the judgment, and that's the sort of acol in its purest form for me. Very natural, quantitative style. Look, Mariana's just looking at me. Yeah, Andrew, she she tried one of those five heart bids in a very similar sequence the other night, and her partner was not her partner was not very happy with her. Really? <laughs> actually, that was yeah. it's quite funny because you mentioned that because I actually learnt bridge down in Palmerston North, so down in Central Districts area, and we're up in Hamilton, up in the Waikato area, and when I learnt there, and I was a late learner too I didn't come to the game you know I've been this would be coming up to my 10th year so I haven't been in the game for a while but they teach differently down there to what they teach up here and there's two clubs here in the city and one teaches a different game at um, Hamilton and Waikato teach a different style as well so it's it was really strange so I had to adjust when I moved back to Hamilton Really, when you're playing against people, you can tend to tell which club they come from because of the system right, they're right, playing. Right, right, Well, that's true with people who, who who play at the Andrew Robson Bridge Club, taught by me and my fellow teachers. Because my view about teaching is the key when you're when you're starting bridge is to be infused by it and not to overcomplicate it for your students to put them off. So, you know, simple things like I will get them always to open one no trump with a five card major in a five three three two hand without any sort of question thumbs up from us they bid and repeat a suit they're always showing six cards this is to early early people learning the game they're always showing six cards in fact that's the six card repeat rule um and then when they get better they'll realize that the some auctions get cramped and you might not want to bid your second suit your four card suit if the bidding involves you having to go three of it although I won't ever mention reverses. <laughs> and, um, and you see, the key is, if, they, if they're a naught out of 10 British player, you want to get them to be a 1 out of 10 British player. And then when they're a 1 out of 10 British player, you want them to, them to then be a 2 out of 10 British player, and so on. But you can't get them from a naught out of 10 British player to a 7 out of 10 British player in a few weeks. So you just have to keep it simple for them. Hey, this is, this is music to my ears, all of this sort of stuff. On with you, the five three three twos just open a no trump and your and your worries just are over, I no tell trump. them. <laughs> 
exactly. But as far as exactly. I always enjoy, one of my favourite quotes is Audrey Grant, the American bridge teacher, who said, rebidding five card suits is perverted, she said. And I think that's a great yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> really good to hear that. I go along with a lot of that. And, and the other thing is, I don't know whether you'd agree with this, so I read a quote the other day, somebody said, it doesn't matter what you teach them, you'll be lucky if they remember 30% of it. And I think for the beginners, that's possibly true, unfortunately. I think 30 is a huge percentage, but <laughs> it's gone lower. <laughs> you have to repeat it a lot, and they have to be doing it a lot. They have to be playing from the get-go. Uh, very little theory. I never use a whiteboard when I'm teaching. Oh, okay. I have low expectations of, of, men, of people remembering stuff. You have to go over it again a lot. Cards, cards, either cards in the hands, looking at exercises all together, or cards... Uh, cards on the table or cards in the hand cards the whole time not not someone scratching away on a whiteboard and making it overly theoretical absolutely people generally don't remember from that approach and and you have you ever had that comment you tell them something for the 11th time and they say really nobody's ever told me that before I, I, I mean, quite <laughs> Well, I, I base my teaching on the fact that I'm a hopeless listener and I sort of drift off very quickly and I expect others to do the same. So you, it's got to be a very active approach with lots of repetition and low expectations. Hey, are you playing in tournament this weekend? No, I'm not. I'm busy. Are you doing the cows in the houses again? Yeah, I am doing. I'm mm. sending the cows around the houses. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Going to Topol this weekend? Oh, well, what's on down there? Barbara Daly and myself, we are going... In the Taupo 8B. Taupo 8B, yep. It's good. Have they got many entries? Or is it just you? No idea. <laughs> Shall I look? Shall I? God, I'll have to cut well, This is research this that you should have done before we came into the studio. Well, I wasn't really going to say anything. I'm going to tell them to dock your pay. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. The person that's interested might hear. Goodness me. Topor Open 8B, and we have 43 pairs entered. So that's 21 tables and a half. That's pretty good, isn't it? That is, and it's a great spot there at Bridge Club. You look yeah. straight out over the golf course. You can see all those people hitting their drives into the trees on the first <laughs> tee. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be all on. Is it over two days, or is it just one day? Just one day. Here's a bit of gloss. They've actually taken over the Huntley Christmas tournament. Yeah, that's true. I've heard that. So if you usually play the Huntley Christmas tournament this year, you'll have the magnificent Topo Bridge Rooms looking over yep. the golf course. I think it'll be a great spot for a Christmas tournament. And the Topo Bridge Club are very good at running tournaments. They yep. do a great job. It's a nice atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so no tournament for you. Swiss Pairs in Hamilton starts tomorrow. This is just a club night we're talking yep. about? Yeah, that's right. Are you going to play, Mariana? Yep, we're playing. That's good. I think they've how many tables? They've got quite a few tables for that. Oh, nice. But the Hamilton Labour Weekend Congress coming up too. And last I looked, I think they've got something like 25 or 26 teams entered in the teams event. Wow. So we had a little bit of a glitch there. Somebody deleted the... <laughs> the team's event from the uh, NZ Bridge site and it disappeared uh, oh. altogether but however somebody's put it back on again and Karen Martelletti kindly went in and put all the entries back on thank you Karen oh, you're a gem yeah. thank you yeah we've got our entry to go in actually oh well that'll make us up to 26 full teams yep. so we'll do that so we'll put our entry in anyway that's about it for this week we'll be back next week and I'll give you some goss about the situation's vacant yeah and we'll hear all that went on in Topo 
Except for the things that you won't tell us about. <laughs> okay, catch you next week. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.